What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Well, it's been an interesting weekend without football. Great basketball game between Arkansas and the Purdue Boilermakers. Hogs winning 81-77 in overtime. We've got that to talk about. We've got a preview of this Florida game coming up. And we're going to be joined by Danny West and Andrew Ellis to help us do that. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. Plenty of ways to watch and listen to the show. If you haven't checked us out on Facebook Live, you can watch us there where we're always streaming live. We're also available on YouTube. Be sure to like or um, what thumbs up either of those channels, whichever one. I don't even know which which is which on those, but uh, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a like on both of those channels. Throw us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you haven't done so already. We're available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. And um, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Just take a minute. Most of the people that watch the videos aren't even subscribed to the YouTube channel. So if you haven't done that, then take a minute to do so, please. All right. Hog Sports, by the way, is just $1 right now at hawgsports.com. Where to start today? Uh, let's go with kickoff time. Kickoff time announced for Arkansas and Auburn. That's in 12 days. Today is Monday, October 30th, day before Halloween. So that is 3 o'clock on November 11th so three o'clock in Fayetteville on November 11th that's four and four Auburn one and four in the SEC versus Arkansas which is two and six oh and five obviously they'll add a game to that um, by the time that comes along it's a welcome change because Arkansas has been involved in a lot of 11 o'clock games that's what happens when you lose you get hit with 11 o'clock games you know they played uh, Texas A&M and Arlington at 11 a.m and then they had the 630 game against uh, Ole Miss and Oxford and then they played Alabama at 11 a.m Mississippi State at 11 a.m they'll play Florida this weekend at 11 a.m and then a nice reprieve from that at three o'clock against Auburn and Fayetteville some call it a must-win game. What do you guys think? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Arkansas and Florida. Arkansas is plus six and a half against Florida in Gainesville. Plus 200 on the money line and 49 and a half. That all according to the Bet Saracen app. If you haven't checked it out, uh, you can just go to Bet Saracen. And, I mean, Bet Saracen kind of going with what has happened for Arkansas uh, in, recent, in the recent past. A lot of one-score games and losing a one-score game. That's what they've got Arkansas picked to do in this one. Basketball team, what a great game. I was there in Bud Walton Arena, and uh, it, was, it was fun. You know, I think it it was a, it's probably a different crowd than what's usually in there. There's a lot of students, maybe their first opportunity to watch the Razorbacks, guys, you know, people who are freshmen, uh, but a lot of people sitting in different seats and those kinds of things because it was a single-game ticket. Uh, but I just thought it was – I don't even know where they go. Like, who do you start? I mean, I've got an idea of who I like in my head, but you could go so many different combinations. Uh, a lot of really, really good players. And, uh, you know, Chandler Lawson and Trevin Brazil down low. I mean, you go Makai Mitchell, who didn't have that great a game down low. Um, Trevon Mark, L. Ellis, Caleb Battle. Devo Davis, where does he fit in? Wasn't you know with Devo, you either get good Devo or bad Devo. Usually, you get good Devo, but uh, didn't have his best game, I didn't think. But you know, I've heard people say like sit Devo, but Devo, I mean, the thing about him is, I mean, he'll lock down. I mean, we forget about what a great defensive player he is, but plenty of great options uh, for the basketball team. Going to be a really fun year, I think. That's uh, that was what was evident in this one, and you know, you look at the schedule that's coming up here. We have to wait till November sixth before we get another game. That's at 7 o'clock in Bud Walton Arena. Again, SEC Network Plus. 
appreciate everybody watching the how to watch video. Those get so many views. Like I can't not do the how to watch video just because it's going to get like 22,000, 25,000 views. Uh, so, but I'm certainly happy to help everybody out because it, it gets confusing for some people on SEC Network Plus. But uh, the next few games are going to be Alcorn State, Gardner-Webb, Old Dominion, UNC Greensboro, all SEC Network Plus, and then Bad Boy Motors, Battle for Atlantis. Curtis Wilkerson will be there covering it for Hog Sports. Uh, what a lineup. Stanford, and then you play Memphis or Michigan, and then TBD on the other game. But that's three straight games. And then you get – I mean, it's just five days after that, you're going to come back from the Bahamas. And five days after that, you host Duke and Bud Walton Arena. And then it's Furman. Then Oklahoma. And then you have a little stretch here with Lipscomb, Abilene Christian, UNC Wilmington, and then you're in conference play. I mean, this is a schedule. This is a beefy schedule. And the good news is Arkansas has got the team to play it. I don't want to go too much into basketball stuff because if you guys haven't checked out Curtis Wilkerson on Hog Hoops Live, our sister channel, uh, then you can see his full breakdown on you know how things played out in the game. But uh, man, Trevin Brazil, I mean, great to see him back out there. Fifteen points, five rebounds, um, three uh, three steals. Great game by Trevin Brazil. I, I don't know which five I like best. <laughs> I like a lot of them. I like a lot of them. It was exciting. Good to see basketball back. And uh, looks like we can – I don't know. You never want to say buy into it all and stuff. It's still very early. But, you know, after the way last season went with the basketball team, with all the freshmen and the hype that was going into the, you know, into the season, it just didn't quite play out. I mean, they finished very strong, made the NCAA tournament and everything. But, you know, that's kind of what you get with a very young team like that. You kind of watch them grow. And obviously the, the injuries and stuff were an issue for them last year. But, man, they got some guys that can shoot, and they're so deep and veteran. Could be really fun. Curtis has a breakdown of who he thinks is going to start. He thinks it's going to be LLS, I would agree, with Layden Blocker. How good did Layden Blocker look in the action he got? And then he's got Devo Davis. Um, I think you could go either way with Devo Davis and Caleb Battle. Obviously, Devo brings you a lot of defense. Caleb does too. But, man, I really love the way he shoots the ball. Uh, small forward, Tremont Mark. And he's got Joe's opinion after that. I'm kind of thinking maybe, I don't know, Davenport. I kind of think they would bring in Davenport. Um next at the small and then uh, Trevin Brazil at Ford and then either Davenport or, you know, some kind of rotation there with Chandler Lawson, Makai Mitchell, you know, not a rotation, but you know what, you know what I'm saying? So they could go a lot of different ways and uh, we'll probably change our mind a lot. This is Curtis's 2.0 basketball uh, depth chart. So um, if you're changing your mind, about your internet service, you should check out our friends at Ozarks Go. You can reach them at ozarksgo.net slash hog, that's H-A-W-G, or call them at 479-684-4900. You're going to talk to somebody local if you reach out to them. I say this every time, but I've had Ozarks Go for two and a half years, and I've never unplugged my router and replugged it because the internet stopped working. It's worked every time. I've never had to unplug it. I mean, like, is there a better selling point than that? Lightning fast speed, and it never goes out. I never even think about it. Nobody's coming to me. Hey, Dad, my internet's not working. Honey, can you fix her internet? It's not working. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm unplugging it and plugging it back in. You know how frustrating that is? I've been there before. You have too. If you're there right now, give our friends at Ozarks Go a try. 
Check them out to see if they're available in your area. Think Northwest Arkansas. If you get Ozarks Electric, you probably get Ozarks Go. Oklahoma, Missouri, for our friends listening out there, might be available in your area also. 479-684-4900 or ozarksgo.net slash hog. Injury updates. Rocket Sanders could be back. You never know. You never know when it comes to injuries. Sam Pittman's about as honest as they come, but when it comes to injuries, you just never know exactly, you know, He's, he's back. Does that mean he's back at practice? Does it matter he's observing? Practices are closed this week. Sorry, I've got a little tickle in my throat, so I'm going to go probably in and out every once in a while. <clears throat> but practices are closed this week. Why are they closed? Obviously, they fired Dan Enos last week or week before last. They had a bye last week. But they fired Dan Enos, and, um, yeah, offense could look a lot different. According to Pittman, they're paring it down, taking 30% of the offense out. I hope they're taking the 30% of the offense out that's similar to the 30% of the offense that Chad Morris installed. You knew I was going there, didn't you? When he said 30% of the offense is going out, I immediately thought about the 30% install offense run by Chad Morris. So hopefully it's that kind of stuff that's going out of this thing. But uh, Arkansas has obviously got, uh, you know, interesting stuff ahead of them coming up. This is a big month for Sam Pittman. But uh, this game's at 11 o'clock, as I mentioned, ESPN2. I don't know if I mentioned that the network is on ESPN2. But Rocket Sanders is, is back, according to Pittman. Don't know if he was kind of – Rocket's kind of targeting this game. I kind of thought with the language that was used with him, um, you know, sitting out the last game that uh, – or, you know, the last several games, that uh, maybe he was done. Maybe he was done for his Arkansas career. So, good to see that he's potentially going to be back out there. Now, does is Sam Pittman hiding whether or not he's going to be available? Um, in part with the changes that they're going to have in offense. I think we're going to see more up-tempo. We're going to see more of the things that K.J. has been good at in the past and um, hopefully get this thing back on track. Sam Pittman needs it. He needs this one. I mean, you're talking about seven losses in a row if they if they don't get it done in this one heading to the Auburn game. Nudie McLaughlin, uh, Pittman said he was fine to play. And I noted, you know, in the pregame warm-ups last time against Mississippi State, okay, not only is he going through warm-ups, but he's also taking contact, so Nudie should be able to go. But he didn't play. Why wouldn't he play? Pittman says he's um, not one of their starters. Dwight McLaughlin's not one of their starters? That doesn't add up, does it? Something else. That doesn't add up to me. He's obviously one of your starters. So why didn't he play on Saturday? I know the defense played well. It's not a problem. It's like they they got plenty of options, I guess, but – uh, I think it's really surprising that McLaughlin didn't play against Mississippi State and he was cleared to play. I don't know. What do you all think about that? Sounds interesting to me. I think we're probably going to see him in a significant amount on Saturday also. What's the case for Sam Pittman right now? The case for and against Sam Pittman being retained. He's got four games here. They're 2-6. and six. They're 0-5 in SEC play, okay? This was – the Mississippi State game was the worst offensive performance in – since Arkansas has been in the SEC in year one. Um, you know, I, I can lay them out to you if you want me to go down the list and tell you all the terrible home games that they've had, but nothing compares. I went all the way back, looked every single loss, home loss, and the only thing that compares to this offensive performance since Arkansas joined the SEC – was, you guessed it, 10-3, 
uh, FCS member, then Division II, Citadel, the Citadel, in 1992. Arkansas lost 10-3. Jack Crow was fired immediately after the game. And then Dan Enos obviously was fired immediately after this Mississippi State game, which, you know, is the most justified firing in Arkansas history, both of those. Those are the two most justified firings in Arkansas history after the two worst offensive performances, you know, over the last, what, 32 years. What Arkansas did on offense kind of reminded me of what Auburn did in 2012. If you remember, um, Auburn, Gus Malzahn left. You know, they, they had that great year in 2010. 2011 was pretty good. Uh, but then he left to take the Arkansas State job. Uh, they brought in Leffler. Is that how you say it, Scott Leffler? They brought in him, and they, were gonna, they decided they needed to move to more of a pro-style offense. The thing was, Kyle Frazier's the quarterback – He's played under Josh Floyd at Shallow Christian, which is a Gus Malzahn disciple. He's never run any kind of pro-style type of offense. And long story short, they go three and nine and fire Gene Chizik two years, well, three years total, two years, but basically two years after they won the national championship. I mean, no SEC school I don't think would stand for the record Arkansas has if they continue down this path um, without firing their coach. Does that apply to Arkansas? If we consider, like, where Sam Pittman has been, you know, how they've lost these games this season. I've I've broken it down. They've lost – to me, the only, like, really – like, they're all – nobody likes losing. It's unacceptable. I get it. But individually, each game – I'm not saying it's an acceptable loss, but it's – you can almost understand it, like individually. It's when you lay them all out one after another. That's when it becomes really unacceptable, even when you lay three of them out. It's just like, you know. So they've lost by an average of six points. To me, the Mississippi State game is the only one, you know, that stands alone, not including anything else that's gone on, where you say this is completely unacceptable. It's completely unacceptable, and um, – yeah. So, I mean, the case for firing Sam Pittman is all stuff that's happened. Everything that I've mentioned says, like, fire him, right? The case for keeping Sam Pittman is more hypothetical. It's more hopeful kind of things, like win these next four games. Win three of these next four games, you know? Win two of these next four games and not get the crap kicked out of you in any of them? Mm, it's looking a little shady there. When one, obviously FIU, then, you know, that's probably it. Three and nine is probably it for Sam. So he's got to finish pretty strong here. And with each one you win, two, three to four, becomes more and more likely. If he wins all four, then he's here. He's going to stay. He saved his job. If he wins three, I think there's – I would lean to him saving his job. Two, I don't know. So it's all hypothetical moving forward with the case to keep him. I would say like another like kind of way to look at it, is it really year four when you consider the struggles that they had in 2020 with the faster – it was basically Sam Pittman and two assistant coaches going out and recruiting a class that, you know, wasn't very good. Uh, They have two players still on the team from this class. This should be like a hefty lot of like redshirt juniors and seniors, you know, 
and you got two players, Shaw Stewart and Dominic Johnson, the only two players left in that class. So really you're four for him in that regard. And then 2021 comes along, you've got all these COVID restrictions. A lot of the players that they saw from that, you know, that they signed from that class, a lot of those guys, they saw for the first time when they enrolled. Like they weren't able to face-to-face recruit. They weren't able to go out and evaluate. They've got 11 players left from that class, which I think is probably pretty remarkable. Five of those guys, I think, four or five, I think five of those guys haven't really played, either haven't played at all or haven't really played that much. So – some issues that they went through. And I know you say, like, everybody had those issues. Well, not really. Like, 2020, they didn't have those issues unless you had a coaching change. Um, and a lot of those coaches were former head coaches, you know, taking over jobs. So they had that bit of, you know, transition. Uh, the 2021 issue was a bigger deal for Pittman and company because they were coming off of, you know, two win seasons. You know, they were in the midst of a three win, three and, you know, three and seven season uh, during the COVID year. And you're having to recruit this class based off that, and you can't go visit them. You can't build relationships versus, you know, other coaches have been able to go out and do that. They've been able to build those relationships, okay, and over time because they've been, you know, they've had guys come in for junior days and things like that before all the COVID stuff broke out. So it's not fair, though, to mention those things, to mention the struggles they had in 2020 and 2021 without also mentioning the fact that you can go out into the transfer portal and quickly change things. Look at what they've done with the defense. Look what they've done with the defense. So, you know, that's probably, you know, the difference. However, everybody else has had access to the transfer portal also, just like Pittman has. I still think this is the best roster, mainly because of the defense that Pittman has had at Arkansas. They've obviously got issues and holes on offense. The defense is is pretty loaded up, pretty good defense. Again, I'm just like devil's advocating you. I'm not like sitting here trying to convince you why you should change your mind or why you should think that Sam Pittman should stay or not. I'm just telling you the argument and the case for Sam Pittman versus the case against him. And none of it really matters unless they start winning. Okay, this is all just just talk right now. But look at the changes they made on defense. Look at who could be coming back on defense. Now, I don't think Landon Jackson will be back, but Jashad Stewart, Nico Davier, Quincy Rhodes, Eric Gregory, Keevy Rose, Cam Ball, Torian Carter, Anthony Booker, Jaheim Thomas, Chris Paul, Jordan Crook, Brad Spence, Jaden Johnson, Hudson Clark, Lorando, Snacks Johnson, Malik Chavis, TJ Metcalf, Dwight McLaughlin, Jalen Braxton. I don't know if Dwight will come back or not. Jalen Braxton, Jaheim Singletary, Quincy McAdoo, Keon Stewart could all come back on defense. All have the option to have at least one more year to come back. Do you just blow this whole thing up? Because I've seen coaches, obviously you carry a coach over from the previous coaching staff. I've seen that. I've never seen a coordinator retain. So that would mean probably, you know, Travis Williams, uh, Marcus Woodson, Darren Wilson, Deke Adams, probably most likely all gone. And also probably losing a lot of players to the transfer portal, hemorrhaging players. And you have a manageable schedule coming up. The question is, can Sam Pittman fix this offense? and get the offense, make the changes on offense, where they're just an average offense with this defense. They can have an average offense in this defense. It's the best defense they've had since 2013. 2014, excuse me. Best defense they've had since 2014. And whether what your expectations are doesn't really matter. The fact of the, of the matter is uh, the last 15 years, Arkansas is generally like if they're not dead last in defense, they've been near the bottom most of the time the last 15 years. 2024 recruiting class, another thing to look at. If, uh, you know, Pittman's fired, then 
they lose all the out-of-state commitments and some of the in-state commitments. They have three top 100 prospects. They've never had more than one in a class since 24-7 sports started doing it in 2010. Uh, and Ashton Bethel-Roman would make it four, but he's number 112 overall. He just slid out. But it used to be four. So those are some of the arguments, I think, to keep Pittman. Obviously, the reasons to fire him are a lot harder. They're, they're the things that have happened. The reasons to keep him are – you know, the things that they're doing in recruiting, um, you know, the things that he's done with the defensive staff. I guess that's, you know, probably, you know, more tangible than some of the other stuff that I'm talking about. But none of it matters if, you know, you don't win. I just think it would be – and you almost guarantee that 2024 is going to be tough. I mean, you'd have to go out and make some kind of huge splash hire that just shocks the college football world. Are they going to – is Arkansas going to do that? I don't know. I think it would maybe be more like a surprise hire. But, like, 2024, you're going to lose a lot of guys. You're going to lose more than you gain in the transfer portal. Um, it's the new era of SEC, but it's a manageable schedule, more manageable than it's been in the past few years. So, it's just like, why does it have to happen? Like, why does this have to be the year, you know, the do-or-die year? And, it, you know, if it doesn't work out um, in 2024, then, you know, Pittman will be fired and you, you do it all in 2025. You know, so – and really in 2024, it can't be like some, you know, seven-win season. It's got to be something, you know, it's got to be something, like something special in 2024. Because I think like, you know, going six six and six or something would mean, you know, it's over. That's what I think. I've heard talk about buyouts and stuff like that. Oh, the buyouts – buyouts don't mean anything. They knew that that's the buy. They know they know when they fire a coach. They know when they hire a coach that he's going to eventually be fired. They know that buyout is going to have to be paid. It's not like they're just like, oh man, we got this buyout now. I didn't think about that. You think that's how it's going? That's not how it's going. <laughs> All right, I'm running a little late on Andrew Ellis, but I want to get to him now. Where's my guy, Andrew? There he is. We got to get a new picture for Andrew. He doesn't look like that anymore. He's got a stash. Got a good looking stash. For those of you who haven't followed Andrew Ellis, you can follow him at Andrew Ellis 24 7 on Hog Sports. Says a bit of everything. Andrew, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. I was just listening to you compliment my beautiful mustache, and yeah. I, was, I was appreciating it. I was feeling proud. It's kind of like uh, early days Nate Allen, I think. I, I think we can find a better, uh, better <laughs> for that. But I love Nate. Nate's the man, so I'm not going to complain too much about it. <laughs> uh, I didn't think you would like that one, um, <laughs> Andrew. Uh, you went to the basketball game on Saturday. What did you think of everything? What did you think of the environment there in, in in Bud Walton? All right, Trey. I'm just going to tell you right now. Look, it's an exhibition game. We're not here to overreact, and you know I'm a professional, so that's not one thing I'm going to do. I'm not going to sit here and react crazy to one game. All that being said, this is the best team Mus has had. This is, they're going to have the best regular season. Uh, they're going to have the best regular season for sure. And uh, I don't want to spoil too much because me and Curtis got a cool little bold predictions article coming later in the week. Uh-huh. But uh, man, I just tell you what. I mean. I was also there last year in Austin when they played Texas and got hammered 90-60. to 60 and A little bit different situation. You had to travel and you had a freshman team instead of a veteran team. But I think we can all agree this team's much further ahead of schedule. And we expected that to be the case. That's kind of what we all said. And we all thought we were smart and patted ourselves on the back for being like, oh, this team will be different. 
considering it's a completely different roster and they're all adults instead of 19 year olds. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it, it looked that way on Saturday where it looked like a team that was much closer to their peak form. Now they're not at peak form. There's still plenty of uh, room for improvement and plenty of developments that I think are going to change in the next few months here. And I think what's so exciting is like I said, just how, how well they fit in and how ready they looked for that challenge, because I really wouldn't have held it against them had they lost that game by nine or just kind of, not been able to like maybe Purdue was a little cleaner, a little bit ahead of schedule and had their sets set in and, you know, defensively their rotations. But I thought on the defensive end, I mean, I thought it was pretty much a masterclass by, uh, by Musselman in terms of just completely, they didn't take away Zach Eady from the game because you can't do that with a guy who's seven, four, the national player of the year. But I mean, they made life as difficult on him as possible. And uh, you know, this team from a buy-in standpoint defensively, I mean, we, we saw even even the older teams Arkansas had under Musselman, like the ones with Stanley and Mude and Jalen Tate and all these guys and all these Tony, even they sometimes took a little bit of time to figure things out defensively. So mm -hmm. I was really interested to see just what it would look like. But guys like Caleb Battle and L. Ellis, who I wouldn't say are described as not lockdown defenders, all of those guys looked like they were playing just as hard and yeah, as if this were a March game. You know, So I don't see any issue with this team in terms of you know getting them to play as hard as they want and buy in on that. And I was – I was very pleased with everything that I saw. And honestly, I felt that way before Tremont Mark hit that three to send it to overtime before Arkansas eventually lost the game. Like I remember leading into the last few minutes, I was kind of prepared to write the Arkansas loss, but looked really good story. And I didn't even have to do that. It was, uh, it was about as good of a performance as you could realistically expect. And man, what an atmosphere. It was really, yeah. it was really fun. And, Credit to the fans for showing up, man. That place was jumping. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what a great way. It, not that it kicked off everything. Obviously, you had the red-white and UT Tyler game, but uh, really a great way to kick things off for the fans and the team. And, you know, Purdue is a team that has a lot, most of what you know what they had last year coming back, and, and Arkansas was piecing some things together. You know, last year's team got to go on the foreign tour and do all this stuff, this team-building stuff. But, uh, man, this team already looks more together and obviously, as you mentioned, more mature uh, than – than what they had last year. I think this is probably going to be my favorite must team, you know, maybe outdoing year one, which wasn't a great team, but that was the team where you felt like, all right, Musselman's, he's got something here, you know. They've, they've got something in Eric Musselman here. So, Andrew, just uh, switching over to football real quick, what do you think is going to happen this weekend in Gainesville in the swamp with Arkansas and Florida? I mean, this is this is a big game and a big month for Sam Pittman. I would say that's an understatement, uh, wouldn't you? Uh, that's yes. A, this, these next four weeks are going to be absolutely. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. This is a do or die month for Sam Pittman. Yes, one hundred percent. And uh, I will say, I'm, I'm I've had to reevaluate what a must win game is because we were going into the Mississippi changed. State game, all yeah. saying it was a must win game, and then all of a sudden they don't win it, and uh, we're all still alive, and the, the sun is still shining, but. Uh, you know, and obviously that Mississippi State game led to Danny Nose's departure, and it's not like that game wasn't without consequences. There's there's plenty of consequences to losing that game, but uh, you know, I still I still am not 100 percent convinced that like the the end of the road is already upon us. You know, and I feel like so many people have it seems like they've made up their mind about whether or not Sam Pittman needs to stay or go or whatever in between, and I feel like everyone's got these such definitive stances on it, and I'm not here to tell them they're wrong. I'm just saying like. There's a very big piece of the puzzle here to play out, and I feel like yes. if there's going to be some success story of like, hey, Arkansas finds something awesome with Kenny Guyton, or hey, the defense takes it up a level and they start scoring four touchdowns a game themselves, or whatever it is that's going to kind of breathe life back into this program under Sam Pittman and kind of get the shit back on track, it's going to have to start this weekend. And it doesn't have to be a win. 
I, I don't think this is a must-win game necessarily. I think that Arkansas can lose this game and still have a lot of positives to take and still carry it into those final three games. Like, I don't, I don't know what the bar is for Sam Pittman to keep his job, but I think uh, whatever it is, whatever positive momentum they're going to build, it has to start being built right now. You know, I think you really have to – you can't show up at Florida and have a – you know, you have a blowout. You know, you just simply can't have something like that happen and then talk yourself into the idea that, oh, they're just going to – next week we'll figure it out. You know, I just feel like it's – there's got to be some type of life shown. And I'm really interested to see, like, what version of this team we see because I think any of us who act like we know what we're going to see, we're all lying. I mean, we can all say, like, oh, they're going to start running this offensively. They're going to be running RPOs. They're going to move – they're going to let less two tight ends, whatever. All that sounds fine and great, but none of us have a clue. Mm-hmm. And we're not even there at practice to have a cl- – to, to really get a look on it and start to build some of these observations. So I think that – I hate to say it, Trey, because, I'm you know, we're on a show here trying to give our opinions, but I think we kind of just have to let some of this play out a little bit, don't you? You know, it's like yeah. – I, I really am just – I think we – it's – I can be talked into a lot of different things these last four games, but I think this game is going to give us a lot of answers in terms of just helping us understand what we're seeing and what's going to, what to realistically expect down the stretch. And Hey, if uh, they come out and score 50 points and beat Florida, then all of a sudden this, uh, this phone call next week is going to feel a lot different, but mm-hmm. I'm i uh, I'm just, you know, they should be plenty rested, should be plenty of motivation, rejuvenation. It should be a, uh, you know, interesting atmosphere there in Florida there. They seem to kind of bridge, you know, it's not like Florida's completely falling apart the way that we thought they might uh, when we looked ahead to this game preseason. But, uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just see. I think we should see a team play with a lot of desperation. But we've also been saying that for like two months now. So who, so who really knows? No matter how you feel about it, and you make a great point about this, no matter how anybody feels about this team right now, and nobody's happy, not the biggest sunshine pumper, not the biggest dark sider in the world, nobody's happy with how things are right now. But no matter how you feel right now, you cannot really put yourself into how you might feel if Arkansas were to go on a run these next four games when you're actually in it, you know. How do you feel about missing practices this week? You looking forward to not going to practice or you think Sam Pittman making a good call there? I don't know. I don't I don't hate the call for him, you know, from his perspective. And I, I actually believe what he said about just kind of like, you know, they practice in the bye week with no one there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't get to see those practices anyway, even when things are going smooth. Uh, and I think they probably just enjoyed it, you know, and they probably, you know, when you're in a situation like the hogs are in, it really is kind of you against the world, especially when you just, you know, fired a coach and it's kind of, everyone knows what the situation is. And so I don't, I don't hate the decision. Would I have loved to see practice? Sure. I'd love to go there today. I'd love to go there tomorrow, like whenever, just to kind of feel the vibes and kind of see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, overanalyze Kenny Guyton as he coaches up his unit or whatever it right. is. But, uh, I also don't have an issue with them doing what they did. I mean, we've talked about it on numerous occasions off air, but it's like, it's not like they owe us or anything. It's not like they owe us these practice viewings. Some schools don't even get them. And so, you know, I'm grateful when we get them, but I'm not like gonna, I don't think it's a huge deal necessarily that they're closing practices. Although, like you said, I would, I would like to see what's going on there. Yeah. All right, Andrew, anything else to add before we cut you loose? I do have one more thing to add, Trey. And I'm glad you asked. Um, Guys, we gotta add, we gotta start allowing ourselves to let some nuance exist here and there. I feel like so many times, like we've said, people are so set in their ways and they are so they're so determined that they know what's going on and they know what's right. Just sometimes you just gotta receive new information and, and adapt to it and like maybe just feel things out and not be so stuck in your ways. Everyone listen to this. Stop being stuck in your ways. Allow some nuance. You're not right. I'm not right. None of us are really right. Let's just see what happens, and let's try to have fun while we do it. Let's stop yelling at Andrew on the Internet. That's all I want. 
I wish I had the the more you know star that comes across the screen to cap that off, or just maybe a little background music. <laughs> None of us are right, Trey. Let's just let's just see what happens, and we'll just we'll we'll discuss it next week. Let's stop trying to act like we know. Everyone's so convinced that they're correct on right. everything, and they know what's going to happen. Just 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 let it play out, and we'll see what happens, and we'll talk about it again on Monday. Hey, can we agree? All right, you heard it from Andrew Ellis. It's all a spectrum, everybody. You're on. You're on. Exactly. You're on. <laughs> yeah, different levels. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Absolutely, Trey. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's Andrew Ellis again. You can follow Andrew at Andrew Ellis twenty four seven. Does covers everything: basketball, football, baseball, and does a really great job for us. The coaches were off this weekend, so that means they were out on the road recruiting. Danny, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, what can you tell us about recruiting uh, during the bye week? Jump yeah, right coaches, into it. Uh, uh, coaches hit the road last week. It's you know I think it's interesting. You you watch how different staffs uh, go about recruiting, uh, especially in the evaluation period. And Arkansas always seems to wait until the bye week uh, to go out and really uh, try to see as many of them as they possibly can. Which mm-hmm. of course by that point of the season, Trey, they've they're pretty much already done, you know. So what you're really doing is going out and making sure everything's good with the coaches and and, uh, and and stuff like that, high school coaches, I mean. So, you know, I think it was a productive week for them, the ones I've heard from. And, you know, they all say the same thing. It was cool to see coach at, at practice, at the game, whatever it might be. But I think the new rule of, of letting coach, head coaches go out is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach Pittman got in central Arkansas, swung by a lot of schools, I believe, <clears throat> Grayson Wilson, obviously your 2025 quarterback. He was there very early Friday morning. I think he checked on Braylon Russell, Wyatt Simmons, Marcus Wimberly um, at Boxite, Courtney Crutchfield, uh, Charlie Collins, whole bunch of them. So busy day for Pitt. And then, of course, your uh, new offensive coordinator, uh, Kenny Guyton, got to go out. He was also at CAC with Coach Pitt. I think he also saw Crutchfield and, and Wimberly as well. I went on down to Warren. Uh, matter of fact, I I was texting Coach Hembry at Warren. I said, hey, what, what time's KG coming through today? And uh, when he got back to me, he said he was there as you texted me that. Mm-hmm. So I think he was in Warren pretty early. A guy that we need to start probably talking about a little bit more here, Trey. Antonio Jordan, wide receiver from Warren, Arkansas. Anytime you say wide receiver in Warren, yeah. uh, you better look out, right? Yeah. So. 6'4", 210, 2025, so only a junior right now. Obviously, Arkansas has already offered. He's got Florida State. Uh, I want to say Tennessee's on there, South Carolina, maybe a few more by now. But he's going to be a big-time kid. Uh, it seems a little bit like trailing in the fact that he's, you know, I, as far as I know, he's not on social. You know, he doesn't go to camps and all this. So here we go again. Kid could be a freaking stud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so keep an eye on Antonio, so uh, it's just the occasional Arkansas kid that pops up and and not on social media at all. Only Arkansas. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Hey, I like it though, Trey. I got to be honest, man. And you know, there's enough of them on social media. I can deal with a few that are not. So, I also want to mention Coach Fountain. Obviously, went to Alabama. Uh, Jimmy Smith was in Atlanta. Huge shocker there, right? Yeah. Uh, Cody Cody Kennedy went out to the East Coast to check on Kai Greer. Uh, offensive line commit from North Carolina. Uh, I'm just running through it here. Um, tight ends coach Morgan Turner uh, spent his day around the Tulsa area. Also shot up to Derby, Kansas, where they've got a big 2025 
tight end target and Desan Brame uh, right outside of Wichita there. So, you know, a little bit of everything inside your your typical blueprint um, as far as Arkansas's footprint, I should say. Uh, uh, Coach Wilson was in Dallas area. Coach Woodson, I think he stayed in state as well. Uh, he was at the Parkview game again, another 2025. That, that seems to be the trend of of this conversation so far. So in addition to checking on all of your current commitments, obviously you're trying to get a head start and, and uh, make as many of those 2025s feel as important as, as you possibly can. So a lot of that going on. And um, don't know if I finished the thought there, but Amari and Robinson there at Parkview High, he's, he's four-star safety, big time big-time kid in the state next year. So yeah. no surprise they would go see him. Speaking of footprints, if you're interested in knowing if Ozarks Go is in your footprint, you can reach out to them at ozarksgo.net slash hog. That's H-A-W-G. You can call them at 479-684-4900 for lightning-fast internet speeds. If you're disappointed with what you've got going on right now, as I always say, again, I've never had to unplug and replug my router. Ozarks Go just works. It's a local company. So when you call them at 479-684-4900, you are going to talk to somebody from around here who probably knows what's going on with the Razorbacks. So check them out, ozarksgo.net slash hog. Several different tiers of internet speed. I use the multi-gig, which is 2,500 megabits per second. I've used gigabit in the past, which I think is great for most families, the 1,000 megabits per second, and they offer several different tiers. They're not going to jack up your rate in year two either. They're just going to keep it they're going to keep it the same. You'll pay year same in year one as you pay in year two. So ozarksgo.net slash hog. Go check them out. All right, Danny, I was talking with Pittman earlier today. I was at his press conference, as I'm always on Mondays, mm-hmm. and – what I found was interesting was there's only five players on the roster from the state of Florida. I think Tyler Larco is one of those who's not on scholarship. And he's only recruited two of them, both running backs, Rocket Sanders, two pretty good ones, uh, Isaiah Augustive. Yeah, uh, those are his last two. Eric Thomas is the only other player that he's recruited on scholarship. The others are Joshua Braun, who's from Florida, and Jaheim Singletary, who's from Florida, two guys from the transfer portal. You think they need to do more work in Florida, or you you think they're hitting good enough areas? I mean – it's the same true in Louisiana. There's only Devon Manuel is the only player on the roster from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Those are two states that produce a lot of talent, and you know Arkansas has has definitely gone a different direction. They have. Uh, you know, I thought it was interesting. I just put out my state check, which is basically a ten year study. Uh, didn't take me ten years, but <laughs> you understand where I'm going. Sure. Over the last ten years, I, I did a study on Arkansas's uh, trends recruiting the state of Florida, and I think everybody remembers Coach B. He put a heavy, heavy emphasis in the state, especially early on, 13 through 15, somewhere around there. And then, man, it just kind of dropped off. And uh, I will say this, though, it kind of surprised me doing the study this morning that Arkansas is still offering a, a, a whole bunch of them in the state of Florida. They're just mm-hmm. not getting them. And as Coach Pittman talked about some today, I think it is a, re, a, a direct result of, of what's happening in Georgia. You know, they're averaging right now, it seems like a lot higher than this in Georgia, but they've had three signees in each of the last four classes. So, I mean, you start adding those up, it does add up pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. um, I think Florida, if I'm not mistaken, Florida would still be fourth in terms of uh, roster breakdown by state. Uh, Arkansas, Texas, Georgia being third, I think, and now Florida uh, at fourth with, would you say there are only five or six guys? I believe five or six, yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think about the state of Georgia and, um, you know, if you're only averaging three there and it does feel like more, 
granted they've had a couple of decommitments here and there that that probably spiked that number a little bit but what my point is i think they can still double what they're getting in georgia i don't think it's outside the realm of possibilities to average five or six in georgia which probably slides florida down a little bit further and it's probably just a common sense answer of uh, and pitt's probably right about it that's where most of their ties is you think about how many guys on the staff have connections to the state of georgia it makes a lot of sense and i think they're happy with the caliber of player i mean shoot sign me up for a poop ball every year if you can get one you know can ball um i don't know that we've talked about Jaden johnson enough uh, this year obviously he struggled a little bit last year but seems like uh he got his stuff together on and off the field and i've I like him. So, uh, Tyrus Washington, same deal. You got Malachi Singleton last year. I think there's a little bit of a misconception. I know you asked me about Florida, and I'm straight up talking about Georgia, but a little bit of a misconception out there that Kirby Smart is signing 20 to 25 of the best in Georgia every year. That's just not the case. When you look at when they started competing for national championships, what, five, six years ago now, playing in the actual game, barely got beaten overtime. From that point on, they're averaging about eight signees in the state of Georgia. And, and, but you know, they can do that. They're Georgia now. They can recruit nationally more so than they used to be able to, and they were already doing it pretty well. So, anyway, um, yeah, I think Georgia is probably one of the reasons you're seeing Florida start to start to slide a little bit on the totem mm-hmm. pole. But, um yeah, I think there's still spot recruiting, as Coach Pitt called it. And there's probably going to be an opportunity or here uh, or two here or there in the next couple of years to get back in there a little bit. But um, I'm fine with it yep. because of what they're getting in Georgia. All right, Danny. Appreciate the insight, man. <laughs> That's it. All right, you don't want to talk about Georgia? <laughs> we got to run. I got somebody at my door I got to see. <laughs> All right, bud. See you. All right. Later, brother. All right, everybody. That's Danny West. Um, appreciate him joining us. Appreciate all of you joining us as well. We'll talk more about Florida and have somebody from Swamp 24-7 coming on to join us, break them down a little bit. But uh, for those of you wondering, Florida is, uh, what, 5-3 and three right now, 3-2 uh, and two in conference play, very middle of the pack in offense and defense um, when you look at their ranking in the SEC and coming off a 43-20 loss to the Georgia Bulldogs in Gaines – or excuse me, in, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.